Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 102 of the Hunger for the Hustle podcast, the podcast where we dive deep into people's stories and journeys of business and entrepreneurship. Today, I am blessed to be joined by, joined by Charlene Walters. She serves as a mentor to an entrepreneur's magazine, Ask the Expert Forum, and through her, her own consulting business, Charlene has featured among CEOs, influencers, celebrities on the BAM network, and was recently selected as one, as one of 150 market, marketers to be followed rubically. Charlene also developed a digital entrepreneurship MBA program and is an entrepreneur herself, of course, who enjoys combining her knowledge and love of marketing and business strategy with her passion for innovation and this desire to help others succeed. And we are going to be diving into those subjects as forementioned today, particularly entrepreneurship and finding your passion, which Charlene, you're no stranger to that, I'm sure. So welcome along to the show. Thanks so much for joining me. And tell us a little bit about how you got into the world of entrepreneurship. Yes, thanks so much for having me, Jake. I'm super happy to be here. So I sort of got into entrepreneurship sideways. As I often tell people, it's never a straight line to anything, right? There's a lot of twists and turns, and we get there eventually. So I started off undergrad studying English. I always wanted to be a writer. That was kind of my thing. And my first job out of undergrad was in sales and I really started loving business and learning more about business and decided I wanted to go back to school eventually and get my MBA. And then I also went on to get my PhD in marketing and had a lot of jobs in higher ed and marketing. I sort of bounced back and forth. I sometimes thought, well, I'm too young to be in higher ed. I need to go back and get more business experience. So I started doing both of those things. And eventually my work in higher ed led me to creating curriculum and Eventually, I started working on a digital entrepreneurship MBA program, which I thought was just amazing and terrific. I got to work with a lot of entrepreneurs. I helped pick out our books, our courses, help them with their plans, help them launch their businesses. And then I also started got affiliated with Entrepreneur Magazine, and I started doing some work with their Ask an Expert platform, where again, I was working with more entrepreneurs and just got into things a lot. And this sort of inspired a side hustle for me where I was writing, I was speaking, I was doing a lot of different things. And eventually I got to the point where I decided to take that side hustle and launch it into full-time entrepreneurship. So really full circle for me, but a lot of zigs and zags along the way. That sounds like the uh, often the journey of entrepreneurship. <laughs> how it goes and no no surprise at all that you develop your own side hustle out of it you know when you're immersed in in that world so much there's going to be something that's born out of it that you just think yep yeah, why not why not go and do go and do this and, and jump jump on board and seize the opportunities you know it's i think entrepreneurship is a lot about seizing opportunities and having having the faith and, and the courage to step into them um and of course when you're being surrounded by others that are doing the same it's it's an infectious thing, I think. It is. It's really inspiring, you know, and to have that ability to control your career, sort of your destiny, your earnings, all of that, I think is really appealing. And that's why most people, I think, choose entrepreneurship is really just to kind of get control of where they're going and what they want to do and sort of have that pride in a project that's all their own. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, 
control of their own destiny. I like that. Yeah. And, and you know, I think the, the dream and the goal of many entrepreneurs, not all, because we all get into it for different reasons. And, um, you know, I, I do think it's not for everyone and, and we'll get to that in a minute. But I think it's, it's uh, you know, controlling your, your destiny, your financial and a, a goal for a lot of people is getting to a place of financial freedom and, and time freedom, you know, so you can manage your own schedule and not have to essentially keep making that trade of, of your time for someone else's money, i.e. a boss. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. You know, a lot of people really just want to be their own bosses. I think, I mean, there are a variety of reasons, but I think that is definitely one of the most appealing. And that's the reason why a lot of people kind of want to, they think it's this great idea that they really hope to get into. And it is a great thing to have that sort of control. But I think that entices a lot of people particularly. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely enticed me, that's for sure. But <laughs> you kind of lead well into our first question. Do you think entrepreneurship is for everyone? I think, you know, that's kind of a loaded question, but I think everyone can be an entrepreneur if they want to be one. I don't think it's for everyone. I think in order to be successful as an entrepreneur, you have to develop the right mindset. And that starts, of course, with becoming more comfortable with risk taking. And that big leap, that big jump into entrepreneurship is a giant risk in itself. And a lot of us and we're not wrong to think this way. We are reluctant to give up that nice, wonderful, steady paycheck we have coming in all the time. We, we wanna keep that, right? And jumping into our own business means we have to give that up. So I think that's difficult for more pe most people. But I think as with anything in life, if you have the desire, you have that passion, you have that want to become an entrepreneur, and you really are careful with setting your goals, organizing your time, and then being resilient, you can absolutely make it happen. It's all about just really developing your mindset to have an entrepreneurial focus, to push those areas that you need to be successful. So it's a yes and no. If you want to do it, I think absolutely you can do it and you can be successful as long as you develop your tenacity and resilience and just stick with it. If you're unsure about it and you're not willing to take that risk and jump into it and take that action, then it might not be the correct path for you, mm. if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. I, I think it's it's one of those things that you just have to give it a try. If you're curious, then giving it a try. I mean, what's really the worst that can happen? It doesn't work out for you and perhaps you either go back yeah, to what you, yeah, yeah. Go back what you used to do or down a different path. I think so. And I think if you start as a side hustle, and I often recommend that to many people, it's a good way to start because it mitigates a lot of that risk and you don't have to jump into it completely. You're not giving up your day job and you're starting to work on it a little bit at a time until you gain traction. And that can really minimize the risk and make you more comfortable. So it's a good way to begin and test the waters. And maybe your idea is great. Maybe your business will really take off and maybe it won't. But as you said, what do you really have to lose? You know, putting yourselves out there and trying it. I always say, go after your dreams. You know, you can sit back and do nothing or you can try. And as you said, the worst thing that can happen is it doesn't work out, right? And you have to pick up something else to go after. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's really the worst thing that can happen. And you mentioned a few skills there, tenacity, time management, um, you know, organization. Do you think those are, you know, the core kind of fundamentals that you need, skills as, as an entrepreneur? 
I think a lot of the core skills for entrepreneurship are definitely some of those you mentioned. I think, you know, the main thing is to really do your homework, research, take action in the beginning because you can have a great idea. You can have all these wonderful dreams. But if you don't take action and start building towards that, it will never come to pass. So taking action is important. Having confidence is really big because not only to take that initial jump and go for it, you're in a lot of different situations as an entrepreneur. And sometimes you can feel like you're suffering from imposter syndrome. You don't really belong. You aren't like the other entrepreneurs. And everybody does that. Everybody suffers from imposter syndrome from time to time. And you have to just come up with coping strategies to talk yourself out of that when it happens. You know, find ways to work around it and just know that it's just something you're telling yourself. It's not the truth. You deserve everything that's happening to you and you can do what you want. But sometimes it just feels overwhelming if it's something new, which entrepreneurship is. So having that confidence, working on developing it, fighting those feelings of self-sabotage, learning to deal with haters because there'll be those people that will try to talk you out of it or try to knock you down. So you have to be equipped for that. You also have to really plan, set your goals, plan, stick with it, get better with time management and balancing things, which is difficult for entrepreneurs because that's our baby, that business. We want it to see it grow. We want to succeed, right? And we could spend so much time that we get burnt out easy. So we have to really watch for that too. But for me, I know in entrepreneurship or any big projects I've had, you know, never everything never goes exactly like you think right you'll hit a wall someone will say no you'll get a big objection you'll get a big failure you'll have something and i'm not saying you can't feel bad i absolutely still to this day i'll suffer when bad things happen and just get myself in a bad mood and have to find a way out of it you know and you have to come up with those coping strategies ways to reset unplug come back to it because that's important so many people launch businesses and they give up right away or soon because they haven't gained traction quickly enough. And it takes a long time, right? It takes a while to get your target audience just right, to get people to respond. And that sort of thing snowballs. And I think a lot of us as people, we're impatient. And if we're not seeing those immediate results, we might start to doubt our skills. So it's about developing in all those areas that we need to be successful. But I firmly believe, again, if you really want something you just have to come up with a plan, stick to it, keep going, and then formulate those plan B, C, D, E, and F, because you'll really need them to stick with it for the long haul. Yeah, I completely agree. I was literally having having lots of thoughts come into my mind myself about my journey when you said things don't always plan out exactly as you wish them to or want them to. You know, someone says no, something doesn't come through, you don't get the finances, you get knocked back by, you know, uh, all kinds of plethoras of things, you know, and it's you who are at the forefront of having to deal with that no, that rejection, that indecision. And yeah, having a, a B, C, a D plan is, is always good. Um, I do it, like to always try and stick with the A plan, but you've got to be open and diverse. It's always going to be like that. It's true. And it's, you know, a lot of times when people think of entrepreneurs, we think of these really big success stories, and we only have seen people at the pinnacle of their success. And that's really dangerous because we don't see the 10 years of rejections and failures that went behind that, you know, initial, that eventual success. So it's, you know, we think of entrepreneurship as being sexy, as being really quick and, you know, just growing really fast. But in reality, 
any successful famous person will tell you that they hit so many obstacles, so many failures, so many setbacks, and they're still, even at a very high level, they still suffer from imposter syndrome, they still have their nose, they still have their rejections. It's just that we're not posting about it on Instagram. Whoops, someone rejected me today. You know, whoops, I got knocked down. You know, people don't do that. That's not how we work. So I think it can be really dangerous. But just know that everybody goes through it and it happens to everyone, no matter where they are. They're still getting those no's. It's just at a different level as they move up. Yeah, I mean, and every every no brings you closer to a yes. That's one more. Yes, <laughs> that is true. We yeah. love no as much as we hate it. We've got to love it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the word, you know, passion as well, I think is a, is a core thing to do with entrepreneurship, particularly, you know, it ties in, it feeds a lot of that hunger. You know, if you've, particularly if you've already aligned with and found your passion, you might have, might have been something that was perhaps a hobby for you for a while, something that you did do as a side hustle and then built it and built it and grew it and grew it until now you're like, okay, I'm going to step into this full time. And it, it may not always directly relate to the product or service you're providing i.e you could just be really passionate about sales and you just sell products or you sell services or courses you know and it's not too much the product or service that you actually have the passion in it's just that you love selling you know and that kind of really adorns for me and some of the businesses i'm involved with but finding your passion is is one of the things that i think can be quite challenging and i believe it's just about trying lots of new things and not stopping until you find a bit. I'd love to know, Charlene, you know, I'm sure in, in the years that you've been involved with entrepreneurship and the plethora of different people you've been involved with, no doubt you've seen people trying to find their passion and chasing after it. And, and I'd love to know some top tips on how you think is a good way to find your passion. Yes. Yeah, so what I, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs that I talk to are people that are aspiring to be entrepreneurs, I guess I would say. They're not always sure where to begin. So I always talk to people and say, you know, start thinking about the areas you're good at, what skills you have, what expertise you have, what your interests are in and what you do feel passionate about, what areas, what groups of people, what um, that you feel is great in terms of changing people or of helping people. There's always something that aligns with those things you're good at and that you feel strongly about, right? So start brainstorming about what different businesses that might be, and then look at existing products and services that are already on the market, and then see where you might fill a hole or an unmet need, and you can do something a little bit better, but it has to do with doing your homework and having that passion is great. And I always suggest too to people that are working positions that they think are dead end or that have nothing to do with anything that they feel really passionate about is there's always a way to bring whatever you're passionate, passionate about to your position. So many times people would say to me when I was in corporate positions, you get to do so many cool things with your job. You know, you have all these exciting opportunities and they were really never anything that came with those jobs or with things I've done. It's always been things that I wanted to do and I sort of made happen myself. So I think that we have to think about that too. We are the architect of our own journey, right? Of our own entrepreneurial journey, whatever type of journey we have. So find ways to incorporate those things that we're good at in that position 
And we can love just about anything we're doing if we do that. And if we're in the right place, you know, maybe we love to do podcasts. So set up a podcast related to our business. Maybe there we go. Maybe we love to write. So we incorporate that. There are ways to just pull things in. But the more we are aligned with something that we really enjoy doing and that we really care about or that we're working with groups of customers that we like interacting with, the better off we'll be, the harder it will be. We won't have to fake it, right? It will be just easier day to day, just getting out there and pushing that business if we really truly believe in it. And that all boils down to passion. Yeah, totally agree. You know, so, so the whole kind of fake it till you make it thing, I, go, I, I like to go with be it until you are it is, is more of the way I like to look at it. And, you know, particularly in the start, it's not just about chasing after those those dollars and having that as your, your main, you know, kind of desire and reward because they don't always come that quickly. And I think a lot of people fall into that trap of chasing those dollars and then when they don't come, they become really disheartened and then that can lead to just disintegration and then just feeling like they fell off and, um, you know, not continuing with with what they wanted to do. And I think if you just carry on doing it because you love it and you enjoy it and you get become really good at it and just enthralled in it, then the dollars will certainly come. I think that's true. You know, I used to say to people, you know, I'm not sure how much I'm making, but sure, I'm having a lot of fun, you know? <laughs> so I think you're right. You have to do things that you enjoy, that you're good at, and that you're, you know, really going after with all your heart. And the more you put into something, the more it will come back. And sometimes it's in a different way than you thought. But all of that hard work, that effort, it does eventually pay off in the end. So you do have to just kind of stick with it. And the more you're passionate about it, that really shines through in every encounter you have with people. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I don't think there's any set period of time, but I I have looked at various things. And when I look back at various things I was involved in, it's always kind of a, a couple of years, I find, you know, two years, you really have to dive and dive into it and grind and grind and grind. Of course, I'm not saying it's just two years of grind and then it's easy. There's a lot more than that. But I think... <laughs> Anything should be given a fair go for two years, and and then if you know, have a look at it. Have a look at how far you've come then, because it can take just a year just for you to bed in and and figure it out and get your routine set and and find the the balance or the integration depending on how you look at it. Um, I agree. I was just talking to someone today about that, and the same thing we were talking about how you know you expect if you have a product launch or a service launch that it will be instantly this big thing and sometimes you have to get further into it before you really figure out okay maybe my target audience was not quite right or we didn't have everything exactly as it is so yes you absolutely have to give it a few years don't give up on your dreams too quickly because you have to stick with it yes absolutely i agree and and on that note it kind of leads us into you know along the way there's always challenges in business and I'd love to know, Charlene, some of your challenges that you've had along the way. No doubt, I bet there's a few to pick from. <laughs> definitely not. So I think for me, you know, I've made some mistakes in terms of spending money. I think as entrepreneurs, it's hard because we want to do a lot of the work ourselves and then we want to outsource certain things. And sometimes we think outsourcing one thing is a good idea. So I think I've outsourced some things or had faith in companies that necessarily didn't pan out in the end. And I can kind of beat myself up for those mistakes. I think I could have just done that myself, but sometimes you just don't know until you get into it. So I think those are some of my mistakes is spending in ways that didn't necessarily align with what I wanted to do. 
Um, and then, you know, I've made a lot of little mistakes along the way, but I think we all do that. It's sort of trial and error in the beginning until we get our groove. I haven't, you know, had anything that's so overwhelming that, you know, it just completely set me over the edge. But there's, you know, there's minor missteps here and there. And as you said, I think earlier, when we make those mistakes, we grow, we learn, we figure out, okay, that wasn't the right move. What do I need to do next time to prevent this from happening? If it's something that was an error that I caused, I can always find out feedback, figure out how I could have done better. You know, everything is a big learning lesson for us, right? So the more we try new things and we have to try new things as entrepreneurs, we have to innovate. We have to go fast and quickly and move and try to stay on top of everything that's going on. And sometimes when we're going that quickly, we'll do things the wrong way. But I guarantee the next time I go to do that same thing, I learned my lesson and I will try something that eventually worked out. So it's always it's inevitable to fail, but we do learn and then we're able to work better on the next product launch or the next service we interact, you know, or we hire someone else, another company. We've learned our lesson that first time. Yes. Yes. I always say the learning is in the journey and um, I'll, I'll put my hands up. I'll say I've made the same mistake once or twice, uh, not just once. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, oh, come on, you've been here before. But sometimes there's a, <laughs> It, they're the same kind of thing in a slightly different way or sometimes there's so much time in between them that you you don't quite realize that you've almost almost fallen into the same quicksand again and it's hard to judge sometimes you know we're, we're doing making the best decision we can with the information we have and you know and we have faith that it will work out the way we want it to and, and you know everything doesn't as you know go as planned so we're not perfect no one's perfect in entrepreneurship or anything so we have to cut ourselves some slack when we make those mistakes although sometimes it's easy to beat ourselves up and say oh you should have done it differently but you know you can't change it once it's already done no that's it and you, you know. <laughs> exactly I always believe in being kind to others, of course, and everyone, but be kind yeah. to yourself as well and cut yourself a bit of slack and don't be so hard on yourself and accept the fact that this is a journey and if it's something new to you, then the way you're going to learn a lot within that journey is by making mistakes. It's, it's like anything, you know. How many times did you try and ride a bike before you actually did it and didn't fall off? There's a lot of times. So a lot of times for me. <laughs> so Definitely, it's like... Yeah. <laughs> Every, every new thing, you know, is, is a learning journey. I just um, published a book and that for me was a whole new experience. I knew nothing about publishing. I tried to get feedback from as many different people as I could because I didn't know what I was getting into. And there were a lot of things that I did that I would do differently the next time just because I didn't know any better. And that's just it. When you're starting something new, you just don't know everything you need to. And then the next time around, you can tell people what to do because you already know it, like a lot more than you did the first time. So. Yeah, and I think that that's that's a really important part uh, lesson I learned in entrepreneurship. And when you're at the start, you know, when you if you don't have some big investment at the start, which most people don't, it just doesn't go like that. It does happen, but not for most people. That you're wearing all the hats and you're doing all the things yourself. You know, you're doing all the marketing, uh, the accounting to a degree, all all the sales. You know, all the customer service. Bloody, 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 bloody. All the plethora of things. <laughs> And what industry you're in there's a lots of different things that you have to do and i think that it's important to do them for yourself for a while to gauge an understanding of them so then when you do get to a point where the money's coming in and you can outsource 
how that you can then be able to judge and gauge whether the person that you've brought on to outsource is doing a good job or not. Otherwise, you know, it's it's about calculated risks and that, that risk is um, somewhat more harder to understand and, and more risky if you don't if you can't gauge how well the person's doing it because you have no prior knowledge yourself. I agree. You learn so much doing everything that first time through and trying to formulate your processes and get everything just the way you want it. Of course, you do eventually need to get some help because you can't do everything yourself. But as you're saying, you learn so much more in that initial in those initial stages when you are the one behind the scenes doing everything. So it's a good, a really good learning experience as you grow. Now, as you mentioned there, um, your your book, is it your first book? Yes, I've written another book, uh, which I haven't published yet. So this is my first one to be published. It's on entrepreneurship. It's about developing an entrepreneurial mindset. So all of those things you need to do in order to get into the right mindset to be successful. And we talked a lot about a lot of those things, taking action, becoming more resilient, getting into a money mindset is also really big for entrepreneurs because a lot of times we concentrate on all these kind of big picture items, but really the main thing, and you know it, Jake, that we need to focus on is bringing in that revenue, right? Because we won't be in business very long if we don't have a good plan in terms of sales in revenue generation. And there's a lot of stigma associated with sales. A lot of people don't really like to sell or they have a negative connotation associated with sales and they don't, they're don't. they afraid of bugging people or annoying people or being pushy. So they have to get over a lot of that. I My first job out of college was in sales, as I mentioned. So I learned a lot about sales back then, but still I have moments where I'm thinking, eh, do I wanna be so pushy? So even you know, someone with sales experience, I still have to talk myself into things sometimes. So really getting into that mode of being more comfortable with negotiation in any financial decisions with your business. Bootstrapping is another really big one. So we shouldn't be wasting money initially on things that aren't really bringing money back to us. So learning to bootstrap and do as much as we can ourselves with as little as possible is also really important. Yeah, absolutely. And, and even, you know, the bootstrapping, using your own network, you know, your own friends and even to a degree your family and saying, hey, reaching out, what skills does anyone have that I already know that's already really close to me that's willing to help me out for maybe little or even no cost if they're feeling really kind. That's uh, that's <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, you know, good so person then. everywhere, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 You do have to lean into your resources that you already have, the people you know, who can you ask questions to. A lot of times people too, they don't want to ask for help, you know, and they want to do everything themselves. But you can really become very isolated as an entrepreneur if you're doing everything by yourself. And it's sometimes you don't really need someone to tell you what to do per se, but like if you're too stuck in a problem, you're stuck, right? Whereas if you talk it out with someone else, they'll start you thinking in a different way. They may have some suggestions that aren't necessarily exactly what you wanna do, but they'll make you think about other directions. And I think it's important, you know, we can get really isolated and stuck inside our own projects without reaching out. So if you have a great network, you have friends, you have family, they'd love to help you as well. So definitely reach out and get that support. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we're, we're always thinking about going to Upwork and Fiverr for the services that we need. But I think before you go there, you, you could always ask your family and friends. And I think, you know, when I was uh, launching my one of my businesses, Paddock Blade, um, and I, I, I was asking some friends, you know, does anyone know video editing? Uh, I must know someone who knows it. And I found a really good friend of mine, Nathan, who, who sure did. And we 
produced a couple of videos that we ended up getting hundreds of thousands of views organically before we even spent any money on ads. And that's like a, a, a real classic uh, bootstrapping kind of situation. And we was actually talking about it the other day. And, and he was like, yeah, we bootstrapped that. And I was like, well, I wasn't too down with the term bootstrap at the time. I was like, what do you mean bootstrap? He was like, oh, you know, it's when you, you just ask friends to help you and you network instead of actually going in with, with cash and go looking for people that you've, you know, not had. They're brand new to you, essentially. I think you're right. And, you know, so many times we think if we pay a lot for something, it will be better, right? They're more expensive, but I'll probably get something. And that's not always the case. Like maybe your video that you bootstrapped was much better than something, you know, you outsourced. You just never know sometimes. And I think that's another lesson, too, that, you know, you can do a lot on your own without spending all that money and get near results. I mean, definitely if you start making more money and you have additional money, it's great to hire more and more professionals and get things even better. But in the beginning, you know, just focusing on what you can do and asking around. And I wish I knew somebody who was a great video editor, but now you've inspired me. Maybe I haven't asked enough people, so I will look around and see what I can yeah. find. <laughs> And in a world that moves so fast and there's so many online courses now and particularly everyone's not, a lot of people have had a lot of quiet time past 12 to 18 months. Things are opening up now in different areas, but a lot of people have learned new skills quickly that they wanted to learn. So you could have asked the question two or three months ago and it could be that someone's, you know, actually got the skills now and they've got going with it. So, yeah, it's 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 a it's a fast moving world and people are getting new skills all the time. So. Perhaps, Charlene, you should uh, ask the network. <laughs> ask again. <laughs> Perhaps I should. Yeah, and I, I agree. You know, it's such a strange time. And as business owners, you know, we've had to pivot when we first went into the pandemic. And it's so, it was so interesting to see as we emerge how we'll have to pivot again because all the customers' needs have changed. People have changed. Our habits have changed. And it will just keep rolling. So I think I read an article that said, We've lived through an equivalent of 10 years of change in business in the last year. Yeah. But we're, again, we're going to come back out of that and experience more change. So you never know what's around the corner next, which is the really one another cool thing about entrepreneurship, too. Yeah, it is. And, and it's about being adaptive and flexible. And wow, we've all had to do that. <laughs> we bit. sure have. Yeah. Really interesting point you make there, actually, that, you know, 10 years of change in business in the past year or so, I absolutely agree with that. And everything's had to pivot or remold or kind of flex to adapt to this situation. And then, of course, it is going to, you know, the spring is going to recoil and, and flex back and everything is going to kind of get back to this, what we, what's everyone calling the new normal. And I think it will be interesting to see how, how businesses and particularly entrepreneurs adapt to that. It is. I mean, it's been a constant. The people that made it through the pandemic, you know, they found new ways to reach customers, new ways to enhance their products that made sense. And you've probably seen a lot of people's lifestyle, their purchasing habits have changed. You know, once we come out, of course, people will be starved for all those things we missed, all the vacations, all the fun, all the restaurants. Of course, that's a no brainer. But some in industries have probably been permanently altered. Right. And some will change it again. So it's just being being an entrepreneur is being on your toes constantly adapting, adjusting, staying close to your customers and just moving and pivoting with them. And I think anyone who was an entrepreneur 2020, 2021, 2022, I mean, 
this is really a time of a lot of learning that they will take with them forever. So it's been a great learning experience. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And what a time it would have been to, if you're new to it, to, to get into it. Um, yes. Because just, it just changed so rapidly. And I just think there were so many and still are so many opportunities in that time, particularly, you know, people of notoriety and big success who weren't traveling as much, who do have a bit of a quieter life and have been releasing plethora of courses online to help people get into the industry, to share their skills and share their knowledge. So, yeah, it's been a, it's been a great time to seize opportunities if you've been keeping your eyes open to them. It is. And, you know, if you think about the shift to events, even virtually, you know, people can be at five events in one day because they don't have to travel around. They can do all kinds of things. So it's definitely opened up a lot of doors. It's been nice break for some people in terms of not having to travel as much, not having maybe being so intense. Of course, there are obviously the downsides. And so it'll be interesting. You know, I'm curious to see what will happen to many industries. And even if we think about business travel, how much of that will come back and how much have we realized, okay, we can do a lot of this virtually now. Maybe we can cut that big travel budget we used to use. So we'll see what comes next, but it, it will be certainly interesting to keep an eye on for sure. It will. And I mean, you know, I'm over here in Australia, you're there in the US and, and things have opened up here considerably earlier than some parts of, of the world. And, you know, you, you just have to take it week by week, really, because it only takes a few cases to pop up and things kind of shut down a little bit again. But, you know, all, to all intents and purposes, we have been pretty much fully open without travel um, for a couple of months. So it's it's interesting to see how it's played out here. And like you said earlier, how people's purchasing habits have changed, how the way in which business operations have changed and, and what's stayed from from kind of last year and what's and what's just gone back to what it was. Yeah. So I think I think what's one one industry that's really interesting, which I was involved in um, construction for 15 years, I was a plumber for 15 years that that just didn't really stop. I think they had one week here where they shut the construction sites down throughout. And I think that's one thing that's it's always nice to know, you know, that along with manufacturing and transport, logistics, some of these things just soldiered on throughout. And actually they're industries that have, you know, as have many out of it, have really grown and boomed. Definitely. You know, it's funny. I laughed because I was talking to my plumber. I called him in to fix something and he was telling me exactly that, how busy he's been, you know, even more busy during the pandemic. And it's true. People were at their houses more. I'm sure things were breaking more. You know, all of these people that were working on things had to come in. So that really, you know, picked up. And also something I think that's been really cool, too, is that so many people lost their jobs, you know, in industries and in corporations. And so a lot of them became entrepreneurs because they were stuck without work or they thought maybe this is a better way for me to take control of my career, my earnings. So we saw this huge, you know, just jump in entrepreneurship, which I think is great. And it will be interesting to see how much of that sticks with it. You know, people have given up corporate jobs forever and now they're into entrepreneurship, whatever it is. But it's definitely picked up. And I think it's really awesome to see like the new opportunities that came out. You know, obviously there was a big need for tutoring. People were homeschooling. There was all kinds of things that came up that were brand new that were really big during the pandemic. So we'll have to see those people again pivot as we come out. But just really cool to watch. 
Mm. Online, online, online education is a huge one. I think it's, in, it's worth a quarter of a billion dollars, and it, and they think in the next kind of five years that will rise, five to ten years, it will rise to a billion dollar a year industry, which is just huge. And and as I said earlier, it's it's a lot of people. You know, it's not coming always coming from uh, a, a college or a higher ed um, position. A lot of it's just people entrepreneurship entrepreneurs like me and you who are just sharing what they've been through and some of their skills and how they got on and did stuff and developing short courses from that and i think people see the authenticity and the value in that and and that's why uh, that paired with the fact that a lot of people are spending a bit more time at home um it's just fueled fueled that industry and, and perhaps well we'll continue to um hopefully we don't all have to spend as much time at home <laughs> It's interesting that you say that because I was in one of the first uh, universities to have online courses, like way back right. in the day. People were like, was that? I was at, it was called Kaiser University, but it was back in the early days when people hadn't really heard of online education. And the people would actually, this is how long ago this was, people would actually say to me, what's an online course? How does that happen? <laughs> you know, like they didn't even know what it was. So that's how long I've been in it. So it's funny that I've, you know, been interacting with some schools that they're just getting certain programs online now. And I think of why it's been going on for so long. But you're right. There's so much competition now. It's not just universities. It's experts. It's all kinds of people putting courses out there, which I think is great. There are so many ways you can learn things now. And there are so many experts out there to gain that knowledge from. So if you're an entrepreneur, you can get out there and take a few workshops during a day. You can go to all of these wonderful experts for whatever you're doing. It takes little nuggets from all of them that you can use on your journey. So I think it's really interesting to see. And education is certainly an industry that's going to keep growing and changing. And it'll be a nice thing to watch it as it continues to evolve and get better for people everywhere. Yeah, absolutely, no, no doubt about it. Now let's let's talk about your your book, which I've been hungry to ask about, and um, <laughs> it's interesting because you know I was looking at the the cover of the launch your inner entrepreneur. The book is called, by the way, guys, and the actual front cover is red, which is similar to the the theme of um, the color theme of the Hunger for the Hustle podcast. And there you go. There it is. Lighting is a little weird because it's night here, but it's red. <laughs> It still looks great. And it's, you know, launch your inner entrepreneur. I mean, we'll get into it in a minute, but the the title of that and, and Hunger for the Hustle, which is the kind of one of the main reasons I do this podcast is to inspire people to jump into entrepreneurship and their own startup or business. And, and you know, as we've kind of discussed earlier, perhaps it's not for everyone, but everyone is, it's an open playing field, of course, you know, it's a free world and everyone's free to give it a try so is that kind of the the narrative of your book there or i can see it's quite a thick book so there's probably a lot more in it than that <laughs> yeah so i started writing this book because a lot of people were were i had written a bunch of courses for the university and helped entrepreneurs and i was doing a lot of workshops in presentations and i had a blog and so this was kind of me thinking about what kind of books are out there for entrepreneurs and really where where do we have a hole in the market 
where can I fill a need and help people? So I started thinking about entrepreneurial mindset and instead of the tactical plans necessarily, it's about getting into that, which is so important for success as we've been talking about throughout this conversation. And I looked at the books that were available and there weren't a lot that were geared towards female entrepreneurs and which is this book is, but from all the men I've talked to who have read it say that, you know, they can relate to everything in there too, of course, but it's just that many of the things can often be more prevalent for women. But I always tell men, if you don't mind a hey go girl every now and again, you could definitely read the book too. And it has, you know, all of these ideas about changing your mindset so that you can become more successful, coming up with plans to bounce back, taking action and really getting visible on social media, which is so important. And sometimes that's something that new entrepreneurs are a little bit intimidated by. Maybe they don't want to put themselves front and center, right? So it has a lot of action plans in the book so that entrepreneurs can actually apply what they're learning and use it. And again, I truly am a firm believer that you can do anything you put your mind to. It's just about getting into that mindset and really working on the plans and sticking with it. And you know that, Jake, from your experience and people that you talk to as well, that that's really the main ingredient. So the purpose of this book was really to help with that. And I was fortunate enough to team up with a great publisher, McGraw-Hill, and get this out there and during a time when a lot of people have turned to entrepreneurship. So it's been really rewarding for me. And did you, when did, from concept to the physical book there in your hand, how long did it take? We ended up, you know, we ended up speeding it up because it was in pretty good shape, according to my editor. <laughs> so we pushed it. It was originally supposed to be out in this this summer. So it would have been over, I'm trying to think, probably a, well, no, more than a year, probably a year and a few months, which is actually pretty quick. But it came together quickly. We went through editing quickly. We decided we wanted to get it out now at a time when it could really help people. So we sort of sped it up. But it's a lot of the things that I talk about all the time and I have been talking about. So a lot of it, you know, was knowledge that I'm sharing all the time. So it was um, from that perspective, a quicker book to write. But, you know, it was a wonderful process. I've always wanted to write a book and already am working on my next book because I think it's great to, to share that knowledge with people. So, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's uh, it's it's something that once you love doing it once, it probably leads to another one. I'm, we're working on a book at the moment actually same title as the podcast and similar kind of thing so it's um yeah i think a year is a year is quite quick actually compared to a lot of people <laughs> speak to. yeah i, I might uh, be speaking up my timeline is off this pandemic everything the time is kind of all off right one day <laughs> kind of leads to the next i mean a little over probably a little over a year but yeah, yeah it was it was on the quicker side compared to the other book i wrote it just depends what you're writing about but yeah i you know, a rewarding experience. I think if you want to write a book like anything else, you should go for it, you know, and make it happen. You can get editors or anyone to help you if you need help or, you know, get feedback, get people to participate, but definitely a worthwhile experience. Well, it's the editing part that often takes a lot of the time, you know, you think, yes. oh, I've done this, I've got the finished products and then someone edits it and they're like, no, no, no. It's funny because my, my agents, my literary agents said to me, you know, okay, so try to put out the best possible book you can. I said, what are you talking about? The book's already done when I had handed it off. And she, <laughs> she, of course, knew better than me that, no, that book was not done. It would go through, you know, rounds and rounds after that. So, you know, it's a process, but every time another person looks through your book, they find different things that you might have missed during all the other edits, and they just help push you to another level with your writing. So I think 
it's the more ice you can get on it better yeah absolutely and um there's a, a really cool offer that you you've, you've put out for all of our audience which i am going to pop into the comments now and it will also be in the show notes for any of you guys that are watching this later or perhaps just listening to the audio back on spotify um, but you can go to own your oh why can i not read that own your other.com forward slash book promo sorry the the r's and the o's are all up there. It's own your other.com forward slash book promo and there is a fantastic promotion that you can take advantage of there to get charlene's book which is um Thanks for doing that. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, it's a discounted price and it's a signed copy. So normally the book is a hardcover at $26, but I was able to set up a book promo for you. So it would be $19.99 and I would sign it for you. So it would be wonderful if you're interested in entrepreneurship and learning about an entrepreneurial mindset, check it out and see if it might be something you're interested in. Thanks so much. And a signed copy as well. You know, when, when Charlene's a, a big eight, nine figure earner, that, that's exactly copy. <laughs> you can say you got it then you got it. You knew me when, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Collector's item. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Charlene, it's been so fantastic to have you join here, me here today. I really hope we've, I've actually learned some lot, I learned lots through speaking to you and I, I hope our audience have too. There is one more question I have to ask you before we I let you go because I don't let anyone go before I ask them this question. Of course, the Hunger for the Hustle is the title of this podcast. So I would love to know what the word hustle means to you and what's driven your evident hunger for it over the years. Hustle means just to me means keeping after it until you get what you want. And I've always been a really ambitious person. I say to people, you know, if I were to die tomorrow, they could write on my gravestone. By golly, she tried. I try, I try and try and try no matter what it is. I might not pick the easiest and quickest path. I might not understand it initially, but if I want to do something, I am going to stay with it until it happens, until someone really just bars me from it, right? So I just, that has been my my saving grace and it's a quality that's helped me achieve a lot in life and do all the things that I've all the goals that I've set for myself so I say to everyone same thing you know you just have to have that desire that drive which you do and I do and a lot of entrepreneurs do and just be tenacious and know what you want and don't let anyone talk you out of it I love it love it it's, it's quite quite a simple de definition but a very honest and authentic one so yes. yeah it makes perfect sense Charlene, thanks so much for joining me. What's on for the rest of the evening? It's, it's coming up pretty half eight there. You know, it's coming up pretty late, probably a quick workout, you know, do a few things around here, get ready for tomorrow, back on to the next day, right? <laughs> I'm actually about to go to the gym after this as well. So <laughs> There we go. We're on the same page. We are Different indeed. Same page. Thanks so much for joining me, Charlene. And thanks, thank Jake. you. Thank you. Thanks to everyone who's been watching or if you're listening back i really appreciate all of you guys if you got some value from the show please share it with your friends and family maybe they'll get some value from it too stay hungry stay happy stay healthy and keep on hustling folks